listener production. Hi, I'm Sasha Barbagat. Welcome to this extra episode of The Briefing. Most reasonable people would expect our political candidates and representatives to be held to the highest standards when it comes to the things they say and do in public, especially when trying to win votes. In fact, nine in 10 Aussies want to see truth in political advertising laws, according to an exit poll conducted by the Australia Institute during the recent voice referendum. But did you know it is perfectly legal to lie in a political ad? How have we ended up so far from community expectations when it comes to the ads our pollies are putting out there? Well, listener journalist Alastair Kirkby has been looking into the issue. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. No worries. So what kind of uh, spurred you on to wanting to dig a little deeper on this one? Was it the voice referendum? I think it definitely was the voice referendum. I don't know about you, but I saw a lot of ads all throughout social media. So it sort of got me thinking, what are the rules around advertising during sort of a referendum and elections? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Now, you did bring us a couple of examples you wanted to look at. Let's start with this one from 2016 from the Labor Party. In 1983, the Hawke Labor government introduced Medicare. The Liberals were totally against it. And now the Liberals have set up a Medicare privatisation task force. Everybody knows you don't set up a Medicare privatisation task force unless you aim to privatise Medicare. Help Bill Shorten and Labor stand up to protect Medicare, which means protecting you and your family. Mm, Mediscare, I remember that one. Uh, The other one you brought through was this one from 2019 from the Liberal Party. Let's have a listen. Prime Minister, no mention today or tonight, as a matter of fact, about the carbon tax. Have you decided that's going to cost your votes? Is that why it's on the shelf? There will be no carbon tax under the government I lead. Labor has never had any plan for a death tax under my leadership. Carbon tax. Death tax. Carbon tax. Death tax. Labor, it's the bill Australia can't afford. Authorised by Ahurst, Liberal Party of Australia, Canberra. Yes, I definitely remember when those ones were playing out in real time. Look, you know, the truth in these ads is heavily disputed. In fact, you could probably go as far to say they are lies. Why can lies be told in political ads? So it comes down to the Electoral Act. There's actually no mention of truth in electoral advertising in the Act itself. What it does talk about is misleading and deceptive publications in regard to the actual casting of a vote. Mm, what does that actually mean? Essentially, it limits the Australian Electoral Commission to policing information that would, and I'm quoting from its website here, lead a voter either to fail to record a valid vote or to record a valid vote but not for the candidate or candidates of the voter's choice. And the AEC outright says it's not the arbiter of truth regarding political communication and do not seek to censor debate in any way. Yeah, I think there's a bit of a difference between debate and telling a lie, but That's a whole other story. It sounds like the AEC is more focused then on the electoral process. That's right. And the Albanese government has flagged introducing truth in political advertising laws ahead of the next election, which is in 2025, so still a little way off. But independent MP for Warringah, Zali Stegall, is keen to get the ball rolling on this issue and is introducing her own private members' bill today named the Commonwealth Electoral Amendment Voter Protections in Political Advertising Bill 2023. The government is dragging its heels on this because traditionally both major parties have taken advantage of this loophole. Uh, And I think that, again, is reflected in the polling that 
all voters feel they have been misled by advertising at some point, regardless of what side of the fence you are on an issue. So I think that explains potentially why the government still, in, now that they, they've been in opposition, strong supporters in opposition, they have indicated in principle support. Mm. I look at things that have happened in the US, certain misinformation campaigns that have really picked up steam. There was so much during COVID here as well. Then the voice referendum. To me, it feels obvious, but other people might be asking, why is it important that political advertising is actually truthful? I think that's a really good question. So I asked some everyday people why they think it's important political advertising shouldn't be misleading or deceptive. Here's Kat. She's 23 and she's a student. As a democracy, we need to know that all people are able to get access to the right information to make more educated decisions on things that will be directly affecting them. Yeah, I find that really interesting because some people might not be super engaged in the political world, they might not read the paper. And that's fine. People can go about their lives without being super engaged in politics. But if they sit down and watch an ad and it's telling them something about the other party, they might just take it on face value. And that's not necessarily their fault. I feel like the responsibility should probably lie with the person who is putting that information out there. Um, I understand you've also spoken to someone who's older. His name's Nigel. That's right. He's 68 and a retiree. I think it's 100% important that political advertising is not misleading or deceptive. Um, It's leading people towards uh, a vote uh, in the end. And um, if you're voting for a lie, you're not voting as you want. That's such a good point and brings it back to the idea that people want to make the best decision for themselves, how can they do that based on a lie? Yeah, that's right. And when I asked Zali about the word truth, she made a really interesting point. I'm reluctant to talk about it in the context of truth because truth gets people worked up and then they kind of talk about, well, who's the arbiter of truth, right? So it's not so much truth. Um, People will always be able to express their opinions. I think the way I would describe it is Voters of all persuasion want political advertising that they can trust or that they can take at face value. And then they will decide whether the message of that ad resonates with their beliefs or not. Yeah, totally reasonable and completely what I align my values to as well is that, you know, people should be able to take political, we're not talking about debates about things or anything. We're just talking about pure political advertising. People want to be able to trust their politicians, you know, and this is one factor that could definitely improve their standing, I think, in a lot of people's eyes in Australia. Exactly. And here's what our student and retiree had to say when I asked them if they trust politicians. Unfortunately, I do not trust politicians as they often say a lot of things that we want to hear, but rarely follow through with those promises. There are some politicians who I do trust, and there are others that uh, I definitely don't trust. It would be lovely to trust all our politicians, but politics is such that uh, it gives us the opportunity to get rid of them if we don't trust them down the track. Yeah, that is true. We always have our vote. Uh, We can always kick someone out or at least have our say in kicking someone out if we don't feel like they've adhered to our expectations of them. I wonder how closely linked we can look at this in terms of consumer advertising as well. There are quite a few strict rules around that, around what brands and companies can say to us. And they've only gotten, 
you know, more stringent in recent years. Is there a link there? Should we be holding politicians to the same standards that we do companies? I think we should. And that's what Zali thinks as well. So when Australians are parting with their money, we are protecting them from misleading and deceptive claims. But when they are parting with their vote, we are not putting the same protections in place. And that's all I'm proposing. And most people that you ask, whether they be coalition voters, Greens voters, Labor voters, independent, even One Nation voters, all actually overwhelmingly agree um, that political advertising should be at a similar standard of regulation as consumer advertising. All right, so let's look at the bill specifically then. How will it work in practice? So the bill would see the AEC's role boosted and it's modelled on legislation which has been in place in South Australia for a number of years. Here's Zali again. It has the first recourse, I guess, for complaint around paid advertising is to the Australian Electoral Commissioner. So, of course, they would need greater resources. They are an independent arbiter um, and they make an assessment of the prima facie case in relation to advertising, whether it should be recalled, whether there needs to be an explanation or a context given to it. But then, of course, it goes to the Australian courts and the courts can issue injunctions, recall, uh, rectifications and all those aspects and, of course, fines. At the end of the day in this system, it is the deterrence of fines to stop bad actors from doing this in the first place. So, again, the same as in consumer law, um, it's only when there's a big enough stick to sort of, you know, scare people that you, you start to get compliance. I want to ask as well about social media. So, obviously, we talked a little bit about what was going around during the referendum, um, lots on TikTok and Instagram. Will that be covered by these laws? Yeah, I think that's a really good point. So Zali's bill would cover social media, but I also asked her about more modern forms of technology, such as your AI and deep fakes. This is a classic example where regulation is not keeping up with the modern environment of what's out there um, on platforms. You could take my voice completely out of context and make me say something completely outlandish and then pay to push that out to people. Um, So that's what deep fakes are and uh, we have no regulation in relation to that at the moment. So that is, I would say that is the extreme end of the spectrum of misleading and deceptive content Um, and my bill does address deep fakes and uh, make regulate that that is not permissible political advertising, as you can imagine. Yeah, seems like a no-brainer, but it's worth putting this stuff into our bills and our laws now because it's only going to get more and more prevalent as we continue, as AI becomes more accessible, as people look at it and go, hey, this is an opportunity. So I think it makes total sense to have this in the bill as well. Definitely. We're living in very interesting and some might say scary times, uh, especially when you can get a deep fake to pretty much say whatever you want. And full disclosure, that was my old man, the retiree. So he was the first to put his hand up when I was looking for someone to have a chat on this issue. (laughs) Fair enough. That's fine. I really enjoyed hearing from him. And from yourself, Alastair, thanks for bringing us that story. And yeah, keep us updated on how the bill progresses through Parliament. Will do. Thank you for having me. That was Listener Journal Alastair Kirkby there talking us through the truth and lies of political advertising. That's it for today's extra episode of The Briefing. Tom and the team will be back in your feed at 6am tomorrow.